Hello, and welcome to The Double Shadow, a podcast exploring the weird fiction of 20th century writer Clark Ashton Smith. I'm Tim. I'm Phil. And I'm Ruth. And in this episode, we won't be covering a story, but we're going to talk about our recent trip to the the Necronama Convention in Providence, Rhode Island, and what we're going to be covering next in our next spate of shows. Now that we're done with Hyperborea, what comes next? Now that Hyperborea has frozen over and is lost (laughs) to the ages and will never be mentioned again. (laughs) Ever. So, Necronomicon, I had a blast. As did I. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you for um, hosting us, Phil. Hey, no lovely. problem. My pleasure. Uh, what I, we didn't, I didn't learn that much about Clark Ashton Smith at the convention. There was one panel that had a lot of people on it that was called The Other Guys, and they talked about Robert E. Howard and Clark Ashton Smith, and um, they didn't talk about they didn't talk about Mockin. Who else did they talk about? Ambrose Pierce about, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the um, House on the Borderlands, William Hope Hodgson. Oh, well, William Hope Hodgson. Yeah, I yeah, learned actually, a lot learned about a, him. Yeah, I learned a lot about William Hope yeah. Hodgson, which was awesome. Uh, but Clark Ashton Smith was is sort of a little bit of a, didn't really tell us anything that we didn't already know. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. We love you anyway, Scott Connors. Yeah, Scott Connors. That's true. It was actually cool. There. I got to meet him, just randomly. And what did you say to him? Um, <laughs> word for word, I want the whole exchange. <laughs> and do his voice. Guys, he might be listening. That's okay. <laughs> then he can correct you if you get it wrong. Well, related to the, the random meeting with Scott Connors, I did get to buy a copy of a Necronomicon Press printing from 1977, a reprint of H.P. Lovecraft's The Lurking Fear. And it was illustrated by Clark Ashton Smith in the original Weird Tales publication. And uh, it's they're, they're really quite something, so I'm really glad I've got that copy now. And Scott Connors happened to be at the table with the Rare Books guy when I mentioned that I was interested in it because of the Clark Ashton Smith things and yeah. because of the podcast. Yeah, I also picked up a, a an actual print copy of Donald Sidney Fryer's The Sorcerer Departs, which I'm looking forward to reading in the original print copy. Can I put in like a pitch for a really cool vendor I found there? Sure. Yeah. Can we do that? So there's this guy um, that I saw his sculpture originally at the art show, and then again in the vending area. Um, his name is Joe Browers, and he's a really cool sculptor. He's done some excellent uh, Lovecraftian, and he's got a Sathagwa, which he based the head on uh, from the heads of Sathagwa that Smith did, and then did the rest based on the reading. And like he had a bunch of little lines that he put in it trying to make the bat fur come out. And so I'll put a, a link in the show notes, but I, I really like his stuff. And he's got a bunch of pictures up on DeviantArt, and you buy it by emailing him and then using PayPal, and he mails it to you. He's got, like, a really basic basic setup for that. Um, but he also sells at conventions and such, and I really recommend checking this guy's stuff out. Yeah, absolutely. I actually bought the Sathagua statue because it's just... He didn't. He didn't make him look like a monster. He didn't monsterify him, so he mm-hmm. looked a little bit more like how I picture Smith thinking him looking, which is just like a, this weird thing hanging out underground with know? a pot belly. And- yeah, yeah, and he looks really lazy, and his tongue is just kind of sticking out of his mouth. Um, so it's kind of silly, and it kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. So I needed to own it. Um, but I also have his. He did a Cthulhu sculpt that was based off of Lovecraft's. Mm-hmm. original drawing and that's really cool too i have that as well yeah. and he always sends if you order it he sends it in like a box with like some newspaper cuttings and like a 
a mimeographed letter, all like little prop things from the kind of mythos to make you feel like you're uncovering some kind of eldritch statue. It's very cool. I got a beautiful um, king in yellow engraving that he did as well as, and then a, um, a supposed page in Latin from the king in yellow and a, like a letter about this, how this guy was writing to his nephew about how he'd uncovered this and it had to be kept secret. It's just a beautiful engraving and I've got it up on my, one of my uh, weird bookshelves and then I'm keeping the, the letter for now. I'll, I'll have to figure out how to display the pretty little Latin thing. But yeah, it's beautiful work. I didn't get anything from the convention except new friends and new memories. <laughs> Sometimes that's all you need. And old friends. Yeah, who cares about old friends? <laughs> uh, what, Tim, you also got that Hyperborean collection. Tell us I about did, it. I did, yes. So I picked up, it's called The Deepest Darkest Eden, New Tales of Hyperborea. It was edited by Cody Goodfellow. And it's it was put up by Miskatonic River Press, which I think are shuttering their doors. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, but it's it's pretty good. I am halfway through it. It really explores Hyperborea as like a fantasy setting. So far, it's pretty good. So far, I've, I'm enjoying each story, and it ranges from there's some poems about Yaunda. There's some stories with Yaunda in it, and Yaunda's priests. People seem to default onto the Vormies a, a lot, uh, mm-hmm. although yeah. there are some. There's a really cool one that I think it's by Cody Goodfellow. Yeah, that I I didn't love it at the beginning. It, it kind of took it, it was it reminded me a little bit of the Double Shadow because it's two sorcerers and one of them's a, an apprentice and he's trying to learn from this other one. But he was the apprentice of a different sorcerer before who like disappeared. But none of that has anything to really do with the the actual story. So there's this like whole lead up that's interesting and well written. Uh, although Cody Goodfellow kind of has a more Lovecraft style where it's these mm-hmm. long descriptive sentences. But the ending is really cool. It deals with like why the serpent men aren't on Hyperborea proper anymore. So that, mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. A cool little twist at the end. But yeah, uh, otherwise, uh, it's a pretty good read. So I recommend it, especially if you're into Hyperborea or fantasy. Even. How much uh, do the stories that you've read, like, do you think they're doing a good job of keeping it separate from, like, standard mythos? Like, do they does it indulge in, like, Cthulhu name dropping? Or is it yeah, um, no. mostly keep, um, it, keep it Hyperborea focused? Mostly it, it sticks very tight to um, Clark Ashton, the Clark Ashton mythos. Right. Mm-hmm. That's cool. My yeah. my favorite, actually, my favorite moment of the, speaking of how the mythos tends to eat other things, uh, my favorite moment of the convention, or one of them, was when Joe Pulver was making his impassioned case for separating the King in Yellow from uh, right. Lovecraftness, mm-hmm. which was, he gave this, like, really impassioned speech about how Haster isn't a thing, it's a place, uh, and it was really, I was touched. I was deeply touched. I got to go to um, two panels on Lovecraftian gaming and just general weird gaming. Um, and that was kind of fun to see um, that Sandy Peterson is getting back into it, the writer of Call of Cthulhu. Uh, more specifically with a, a, a mini game that he made look incredibly interesting. It's called Cthulhu Wars. And you can have all of these factions and you can play against each other and there's different strategies you can use as each faction and and there's all these gorgeous little minis, and I want it very much, but it is currently outside of my budget. 
but it's beautiful. Tim kickstarted it. He will have one. I did. I oh, will have one. I, I would love to play with you sometime. You can come over and play Cthulhu Wars. Um, I didn't. Uh, I I just got the main set, which was still mm-hmm. you know really expensive. Um, but I felt like it was something I needed. <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> for some stretch goals, he added a bunch of Clark Ash and Smith. Yeah, creatures like Sathagua and Atlak Nacha, um, but I didn't. I didn't back. Oh, is it that. is Atlak Nacha in there? I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> Sandy. Oh, who Atlak no, Nacha is the best? Not or? Sandy. Uh, Atlak Nacha. I mean, Sandy's okay. Yeah. Sandy Peterson like a- wears awesome <laughs> suspenders. I'm just going <laughs> to put true. that out there. Nobody can suspenders like he can, and mad props for that yeah it was also cool to hear like him talk about just some of the ways that he's slipped lovecraftian things into some of the games that he's worked on like doom and whatnot yeah i mean they were kind of already known and noticed it was just it was cool to actually hear him talking about it versus read it online it was a very interesting convention i didn't know how a convention that was so geared towards one specific subject how it Mm -hmm. would run but it ran really well and there were tons of authors we went to a panel called the new weird which i think i got the <laughs> most out of um but i just love that everybody on that panel kind of disagreed with what the new weird was or if there even was a new weird right which was interesting the idea that the new weird is maybe more relative yeah you know lovecraft yeah. was the new weird to Bierce and mm-hmm. so forth yeah it was very cool i felt like i'd found a home amongst these people <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was good to be with with our people, and we got to meet some listeners, which was cool. Yeah, yeah, and Thanks we got for to go saying hi, guys. Yeah, and we got to go to the um, the Lovecraft Live, or I got to go to the Lovecraft yeah, yeah, you went to podcast that. live, which was fun. We saw the at the Mountains of Madness radio show live, which you would think, okay, you know, it's all audio, but it's really worth even besides the 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 cool film clip that they did. It was really worth listening to live and watching the guys do it. And that was the uh, the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society that yes. put that on. And they were, that, yeah, it was awesome. They were fantastic. So what else? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that they won't be doing it, I think, every year because it definitely felt like one of those things where you get lots of people together and there's lots of cool, interesting, and exciting stuff. And then you're like, okay, good. I don't know what you would do next year. Right. I don't right. know what you would yeah. say. So every two years makes some sense, I yeah. think. So maybe maybe in the middle years they could do Smith? No? Maybe? I, hope so. I don't think that Smith could bear his own convention. It's, I think he could, but I don't think his fandom could. Yeah. I'll draw that distinction. I think Smith you could absolutely convention about. But yeah, I don't think the fandom's big enough. Not yet, guys. We get could out do there. a hotel room convention. It would be awesome. Guys, grow the Smith fandom. If you have any friends that are even slightly interested in weird fiction, send them the show. They don't even need to read. We have people who listen to the show who don't read the actual stories. It's true. It's true. His name is Tyler. (laughs) His name is Tyler Crook. (laughs) His name is Tyler Crook, and he made the intro for this episode. Oh, yeah, actually, that's a good point. Yeah, you'll have noticed that this episode had a different intro song, and that's because Tyler Crook made it for us. So we forgive him, even though he doesn't read the stories. I think he told me he was going to. That's fine. <laughs> he think, doesn't need yeah. to. <laughs> All we care about here is intention, not follow through. Tyler Crook, also an amazing artist. Yeah. Does stuff for the 
what is it, the BPRD, as well as um, the worked with Phil on the book. Petrograd has nothing to do with weird fiction whatsoever, but it's still, if you want to read it. <laughs> Rasputin uh, is pretty weird. Yeah, but in, it, but we take a very, we take a decidedly non-weird angle. This is them. true. Uh, we got the, totally unrelated to our podcast, we got the Spanish edition, they published it in Spain, and the, oh, cover, yeah. the cover says Petrogrado on it, which I just think is hilarious. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they just added an O, that's all it takes. <laughs> Boom, instant translation. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I had more Clark Ashton Smith nuggets that I uh, yeah. learned from the convention, but there there really weren't that many, unfortunately. I hope that if they do it again, that like that other guy's panel will maybe expand so that some like it would have been cool to see like just a Robert E. Howard panel um, mm-hmm. or just a Clark Ashton Smith panel. Although, given that there weren't even that many people at the other guy's panel, I don't even know if in that in the crowd at Necronomicon there were enough Clark Ashton Smith fans to warrant yeah. his own panel, which is really sad. So, like Tim is or saying, or people who might be potentially interested—that's yeah, the that's ones true. you have to yeah. get into it. So, I don't know. Should we talk about what our next stories are? I think, yeah, I think yeah, I'm absolutely. Good. So now that Hyperborea is done, we have had many internal debates about how to handle the rest of Clark Ashton Smith's stories. We have basically. Three-ish settings left, Mars, Zakarf, and Zothik. And then there are some, like, 70 other stories that are, don't really have a setting that he just wrote. So we haven't quite decided how to handle those 70 miscellaneous stories, uh, but we have a little mini roadmap going forward for the next couple episodes. Uh, I don't know, you guys want to explain what we're doing next? Um, I can do it, yeah. So our next three groupings are stories that have uh, some kind of either known or just deduced setting. The first one will be the Singing Flame stories, City of Singing Flame and Beyond the Singing Flame. Technically, that's it's not exactly a setting, but, you know, it's like Zakarth, their stories are set in the same essential place, weird headspace. So we'll be doing those together. They're primarily modern stories. Um, they concern Philip Hastain, who is a, an antiquarian of sorts. The first one will be The City of Singing Flame, followed by Beyond the Singing Flame, then Hunters from Beyond, The Devotee of Evil, and a fragment, Music of Death, which we'll probably cover at the same time as The Devotee of Evil. Next after that, we'll be doing Mars, uh, starting with the uh, Seedlings of Mars, or Planetary Entity, as it was also called, um, The Vaults of Yovambus, Dweller in the Gulf, and Volthum. And then we'll be doing Zakarth, which is the Maze of Maldweb, and the Flower Women. So that should tide us at least through December. And then after that, uh, we'll have the rest of those stories set up, whether we just end up doing them in chronological order. We may be sorting through them looking for anything that's definitely not weird, like that just, you know, doesn't even barely fall into weird. Because there's some that are like, okay, very modern weird, and that's great. But some of them are just like... Yeah, I don't know. It's like he wrote, he wrote a story to get paid for it, perhaps. It doesn't reflect his weird mindset. But we'll have plenty of those, and so that'll probably be at least a year of stories or more. And then we'll get into what everybody's been waiting for, but what we thought we should save for the end, because it is a dying world. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. This should be fun. I'm excited to reread Singing Flame and Beyond the Singing Flame. They were some yeah. of the first Clark Ashton Smith stories I ever read, and I'm I'm pumped to go back and... Uh, reassess them now that I've been yeah. through Averone and Hyperborean, etc. I absolutely hated them, so I am really interested yeah, in finding out cool. how I feel about them now. We'll have some dissension amongst the ranks, listeners. <laughs> or or I'll fall completely in love with them and, and we'll all be shocked. Who knows? Or maybe Who I'll knows? hate them. Stay tuned. <laughs> it's true. Tim, it's been far too long since you hated something. I know. It has been. 
We need a good dose of our Tim hate around here. <laughs> okay. And I feel like every time you've tried to every time you've tried to hate something, you've always mitigated it with a. But maybe yeah. I don't hate it. I'm, I'm ready for you to just. I'm ready for you to like stick a hot <laughs> poker in a fire and just something. yeah jab it into the eye socket yeah. or something. <laughs> I'm Tim and I hate. I'll this. try. <laughs> I'll try. What was the last story I didn't like? Oh, the holiness of Zedarak. That was a while ago. Yeah, and then you I ended up like, kind of liking it. I feel like there was one, though, that... Oh, no, that was definitely the one where you were the, the least on board. But I feel like you said mean things about parts of... Um, like the the modern the modern parts of... Uh, oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I, of, oh, I, yeah. What the hell is I, that story called? Um, the um, Ubisoft. Story of that freaking juke. Jewel. Yeah, Ubu Safa. Yeah, yeah. I um, I still stand by. I think his when he was trying to write like modern, it wasn't good. Well, we'll have to see how your mod his but your take on his modern lit. Did you that hate is just it? Modern lit goes. I liked the story. I didn't like those parts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I look. I do look forward to to just hating something. Uh, I guess that's it for this episode, right? Yeah. That's all we got. Uh, so next time we'll be doing The City of the Singing Flame. Which will possibly be a multi-parter. Oh, yeah. That's it's, freakishly long. It is freakishly long, yeah. I guess that's it. Happy Labor Day. That's Happy when Labor we're recording Day. this. <laughs> Belated Labor Day. <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome. They were fantastic. So what else? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>